Hello and welcome back to the book nook. Now I know it's been a while since I posted and today I'm going to do something different. I said in my first episode that I wanted to go alphabetically and talk about things that interested me. But you know what's been interesting me lately? Theory and specifically theory related to gender studies and how my media consumption will never be the same. So today I'm going to talk about the movie The Florida Project. More than just talk about it, I want to connect it to many different feminist theories. I hope you listen and enjoy and we can both learn something from this episode. Let's go! Yeah, so let's unpack all that and go back a little bit and make some connections. There's a lot to say and a lot to talk about, so I might hop around a bit, but stay with me. I remember talking to someone like, wow, this movie really doesn't have a plot. But um, it actually does, and it's very deliberate on what they show you and the kind of language that's used. It's all really told through the perspective of the kids and what they do and get away with. I mean, the opening scene, they're literally spitting on a car and because someone's new at the motel across the way. Like, this is fun for them. Calling them brats is probably the easiest way to say it because children are sponges. You can clearly see during various points in the movie that they really don't understand what they're saying and don't really get the impact of it either. There's a point in the movie where they run to go look at this older woman, Gloria, because she's at the pool topless and they're shouting pretty shocking and vile things at her and about her. I mean, it's very clear that they don't really know what they're saying and just regurgitating what all the adults around them have been saying. And this is kind of a point where liberal feminisms or cultural radical feminists would say or maybe argue about the blatant sexualization and commodification of women body, women's bodies and how it's just normalized and passed around. Later on in the movie, we see the literal commodification with Haley, but that's just to show how pervasive the consumption of women's bodies are, especially in this day and age and in our society. A liberal feminist and cultural radical feminist might agree on this point, but the point of origin of oppression or the solution on how to solve that oppression lies very differently with each. For example, the liberal feminist might say, yeah, there should be more power to Gloria in this scene and she should be viewed for who she is rather than her body. And maybe Bobby is also oppressing her by telling her to cover up further pushing the idea that there is an inherent sexuality to women's bodies and that needs to change. But the radical cultural feminists might see the scene and say, okay, we aren't really digging deep enough. The radical feminists might say that these binaries aren't natural and the objectification of women's bodies is so directly created and taught and expressed through this scene. Like we can really see that. With Mooney and Scooty, they're just kids and their gender has no impact on how they interact with each other. And yet... We get them all talking about Gloria's breasts in a very derogatory way. I just think that's something pretty interesting to notice. One of the biggest takeaways a Marxist feminist would have from the movie is the very clear difference between the children, those in the motel, to the area around them. They're in Florida, and obviously Disney is the biggest attraction and easiest cash grab for the companies around them. Many times in the film, the store Orange World, or even the Disney Souvenir Outlet Store, is shown in disproportion to the kids running around. 
It's very clear that Mooney and her friends are never meant to go inside. Their faded clothes are a direct juxtaposition to the large, colorful, and well-kept places that they are kept on the outside of. It's even clearer when Bobby is painting the outside exterior of the motel to make it nice and attract more tourists rather than serve those who are in his immediate community. I mean, continue with the Marxist feminism, I want to talk about the idea of motherhood in this film. And while it would be easy to just pass judgment and say that Haley's a bad mom and we should really consider that she doesn't have the space to be a mother, their economic position does not give them the space nor societal empathy to be good or involved mothers. That inability to be good or a proper mother leads to behavior issues and foul mouths of their children. Mooney and Scooty are five and so clearly absorb and you know, reiterate what they hear from the parents and the adults around them. No one's there to discipline them except for Bobby on a few occasions. Many people connect being a good parent with how much they can materialistically provide. They don't take love into account. There isn't a way to measure the joy that Mooney and Haley feel just dancing in the rain and laughing. But on the flip side, I can't take away all judgment because if you've seen the movie, you know how far the evil of capitalism takes them when it comes to poverty. It isn't specified if anything particularly happens, but there's a scene where Haley tells Mooney that they're going to take bathing suit selfies and asks Mooney to take pictures of her while she poses provocatively. This isn't the first time that Haley uses Mooney to help her get money, so to speak. She sells perfume from a wholesale store at a resort with Mooney by her, using her to gain empathy from the people that they're trying to sell to. So the reveal of her soliciting for sex work and using Mooney to help her is not as shocking, but just sad. Because as a viewer, you know that Haley doesn't have a choice at this point. And you can agree with this or not, but um, both Marxist and other feminist theories don't quite approve of sex work because under capitalism, it's reducing your body to just what your body can provide even more to that type of capital. Not only that, but sexual freedom can so quickly become sexual oppression. Like I said, you can agree or disagree, but um, that's what the lens is really showing us here. There's another heartbreaking sequence that parallels an earlier one where Haley is washing Mooney's hair in the tub by using a cup of water to rinse her. There are two other scenes where Mooney is washing her toy horse the same way when she's in the bath. However, the second time we see it, there's rap music playing in the background and a man walks in, so... uh, You can deduce what was going on in the room before. And it's just so sad to see how Mooney wants to soothe herself and feels that disconnect with her mother. And she recreates that kind of tender love with her toys. It would feel remiss if I did not touch on the relationship and parallels between Ashley and Haley. Now, if you forgot or haven't seen the movie, Ashley is Scooty's mom and they are Latin. In the beginning, you may think that they find solace in each other because they're both single moms living in this hotel. They have trust in each other because Scooty is left with Haley while Ashley works at this waffle diner place. Yet things change between them when Mooney, Scooty, and another friend of theirs goes to look at the abandoned condo. They start to imagine where their rooms could be and what the house could look like. In an innocent attempt to have a fireplace going, they uh, actually start a fire in the condo. Scooty acts as guilty as they come when Ashley decides that she can't have him hang out with Mooney anymore. 
And this isn't because she thinks Mooney is bad, but she does this to protect her and her son. She even tells Scooty that if uh, CFS finds out, they will come and take him away from her. As a Latina, it is so much more likely that he would be taken from her, and that is such a big reality for her, so it makes sense that she would react in a quote-unquote more extreme way. But she can't risk her son for his friendships. Of course, in retaliation, Haley goes to Ashley's work and is ultimately a nuisance, and the people she works with all know that they're friends, so it definitely puts her job, her source of providing for Scooty, at risk. And this is such an important thing to touch on, especially when it comes to the idea, the such important idea of intersectionality, where she cannot remove her position as a mother, a position as a Latina from her economic position and how we may think that her and Haley are oppressed in the same ways, which they are in some ways, but they are also so different, where her friend has the audacity and has the privilege to kind of threaten her job in this way. And it's very glaring to see that she doesn't do this for Mooney. She does it for herself. Well, friends, it has come to the end of another episode. I will hope to upload a little bit more frequently in the future, but for now, we have two episodes officially published. Let's give me a round of applause, you know? Give yourself a round of applause. We're all going through something, and if there's anything that these theories or just my classes have taught me, it's that we have to have a more empathetic view. There is nothing more important than radical empathy. And that's what my friends teach me. That's what my professors teach me. That's what the world teaches me. So while we may consume media and have a more critical eye, I hope we have a more caring and understanding and ultimately, I'm going to say the word again, empathetic eye. Because, you know, there's nothing more powerful than caring for another person. And I really do believe that. So... I hope you have a great day. Bye. And I'll see you next time on The Book Note.